all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that said they gonna be them Saints? Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into another training camp episode here at the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Galata. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Galata. And then also, you can follow the Who Dat Discussion on Twitter, at the Who Dat Dis. We have a busy episode in store for you guys, as there is some huge Alvin Kamara news. And it's really almost like a saga at this point. And we're basically going to outline everything that has happened over the last few days with him. Then we're also going to talk about Andrus Pete, who is back at practice, which is really good news. And lastly, we're going to start previewing the Saints 2020 season game by game. We're going to go through hopefully the first eight games here. We'll see how uh, the time constraints end up being, but we're going to try to get through the first eight games of the season, half of the season. We're going to go basically game by game, win-loss, win-loss, and I'll tell you why I think that. And then next episode... We are going to do the last eight games, and then we're going to come together for a full schedule preview and basically give my record for the Saints here in the 2020 season. And it's going to be very interesting. Now, things can change, obviously. We've even seen it with Alvin Kamara. Like, a lot of things have changed over the last few days. But, again, I think right now, this will be my preview for the first eight games. If anything changes, let's say, like, an Alvin Kamara did get traded, which I don't think is going to happen. I'll get to that very, very soon. But basically, then maybe it would change a little bit. But right now, this is probably going to be the Saints team here that's in training camp right now. And I think it's definitely close enough to where we can start previewing game by game here. So I can't wait to get to that as well. But first, I do want to start off here with the Alvin Kamara news because this is the biggest news in the whole NFL over the last few days. So it all started here two days ago where Adam Schefter reported that Alvin Kamara has missed the last three practices due to contract situations and holdout situations. And this may have been a shock to some Saints fans because Alvin Kamara at the beginning of camp really kind of brushed off the contract situation. He's like, well, basically, I'm going to play on this team. I'm going to play on my contract. And then I'm going to let you know my agent and the Saints uh, front office get this deal done. And they hold out for three days. So that was kind of surprising. But then you heard Nick Underhill just a little later said they're getting closer to a deal, which is good. And it seemed like they were eventually going to come together on a deal. And then yesterday, kind of the bomb that went off in this situation was that the Saints may want to trade Alvin Kamara. And that was reported by Josina Anderson. And again, that was something that's 100% shocking. Like, again, the Saints didn't seem like they were apt at trading Kamara. They didn't want to trade him earlier in the offseason. They weren't trading him basically this whole time. So why would they want to trade him now? It seemed like a very clear leverage move. Like, Kamara's like, okay, you're going to hold out. The Saints go, okay, we may trade you. And it seemed like it's all just uh, kind of just throwing words out, and it's not actually concrete. That's just how I took it. And maybe you guys think differently, and maybe I'm being too optimistic, but it just seems like both sides are trying to get some leverage here, which, look, in a negotiation is very important. That's how you're going to get the best deal possible. But it was still definitely a surprise here to Saints fans and fans across the NFL. And then we heard a little later that the Saints would need a first rounder in return. And that was kind of like the trade would be the last resort. Like if the Saints got a ton of capital in return, and then also they really couldn't get a deal with Kamara, then they may trade him. And it was kind of like a last resort thing. And again, this set off a bomb. Like, okay, will the Saints actually trade Alvin Kamara? We saw Joe Mixon got a deal a little earlier yesterday at four years, $48 million. So that's pretty high. And Kamara, I think, will 
get higher than Mixon, and I think that he's a better player than Mixon, so it makes sense why he's going to get a bigger deal. I don't think he should get a bigger deal than McCaffrey. It doesn't seem like he will get a bigger deal than McCaffrey. I don't think he even wants a bigger deal than McCaffrey, excuse me there, but again, that's something that to me is very important when looking at this is there's a lot of dominoes starting to fall in the running back market. You saw McCaffrey, you saw Henry get a deal, you see Mixon get a deal. So Kamara's like, okay, maybe I got to put some pressure on the Saints to get this deal to the finish line. And maybe that's why this kind of leverage, this grab for leverage by both sides is coming back and forth here. So that's what the news was for a little bit. Then a little later, it was reported by Jeff Duncan that the Saints offered a four-year, $50 million contract to Alvin Kamara, and they're still about $2 million apart. So that's not far apart here. It's only between really a four-year, $50 million deal that the Saints are offering, and then Kamara is probably offering a four-year, $52 million deal. Like, that's not far apart, and it seems like they should be easily coming together on this deal, but it hasn't happened yet, and maybe that's why... You see the Saints and Alvin Kamara really trying to get that last piece of leverage to come together on a deal to their side. But hopefully they just meet in the middle. I mean, you would think that's what you would do in this situation. And again, maybe that's something that they're thinking about right now. I don't know. Maybe Kamara wants to get paid more than uh, Derrick Henry, but not as much as McCaffrey. But again, it's going to be interesting to see how that all works out. And that's something that it seems like they're close with the numbers. They're not far apart. But it seems like, again, you have this kind of, we could trade you out there, and then you have Kamara saying, I could hold out. So it's kind of just like these two polarizing sides that when they're at the negotiating table really kind of um, puts pressure on these two sides. So to me, that was really interesting. Then you heard later in the night by Ian Rappaport that Kamara's three days off were due to a back injury and not a contract situation when he spoke to Kamara and his reps. Basically, he was saying he was getting epidural shots in the morning for his back so it could feel better. Not a serious injury, but just something like a little banged up. So he was getting shots just to make it feel better. And then he didn't go to practice. And I guess he didn't tell the Saints that he wasn't going to these practices. So the Saints then took it as contract situations, the contract holdout. But he was in the building getting shots. That that still seems a little cloudy to me. Like, it doesn't seem like we know the 100% truth here. And who knows who's telling the truth. And that, to me, is a little weird that we heard, like, it may not even be a contract situation, and who knows? Like, that's something that kind of clouded up the situation, because was it because of contract situations? Was it because of the back injury? Was it because of both? We don't really know right now. So that's going to be something interesting to hear as these uh, details come out and develop. So that was something that was a little odd to me. And then later in last night, really the best news possible, I think, for the day, and it was like, this is probably the best right now that it can be and it was that basically cooler heads have prevailed and Alvin Kamara is practicing today that's obviously really big because when looking at this now Kamara's coming back to practice whatever that holdout situations it's over maybe it was only an injury like I don't think we know the whole story right now so it's going to be interesting to really hear Sean Payton talk about it will he even talk about it will Kamara take on the media it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out. And right now, they're actively working towards a deal. It's really only $2 million apart, so you're hoping that they're pretty close here. And it seems like right now, I think it will get done. And now I'm probably going to just give my opinion on the situation. I gave you all the facts. That's really what's happening right now. It was definitely an interesting day to be a Saints fan yesterday. And a little, at times, stressful, not going to lie. But it seems like the cooler heads did prevail here. And I honestly, I do think that both of these news headlines and also these just big 
like kind of bombshell news, I think it was just to create leverage. And I think that's what it is at the end of the day here. The Saints aren't a team to really mishandle these contract situations. In the past, they really haven't done that. I mean, really, the only times where you've had these holdout situations, you had Jimmy Graham where they kind of got into a little of uh, like a negotiating battle, but the Saints and him ended up coming together on a deal. That was the same with my, Michael Thomas, excuse me, there. So those two came together on a deal. You had Brandon Cooks, who the Saints weren't willing to give a long-term contract, so they traded him, but they traded him in March, not in August. And I, and I think that's something really big that we have to talk about it. It's not like the Saints are training someone right now. Even Jimmy Graham, the same thing. Nader Murphy brought it up. Like, when the Saints make these big trades, they don't make them 11 days before the season. That's kind of what it is. And that's something that we definitely have to keep in mind. The Saints aren't a team to just trade someone and kind of give this bombshell news about basically unloading their players in a Super Bowl or bust season. They're not going to do that. And I think this was just a leverage ploy by both sides trying to get a deal. And at this point, I wouldn't mind the Saints signing Kamara to a four-year $50 million deal or the 52. I think both are pretty solid deals that both sides win on. And he look, Kamara right now is not going to get that top dollar. He's not going to have a record-breaking contract here. And that's something both sides realize and understand. So I think they should be able to come together on a deal. I think they should be able to come together on a deal pretty quickly here. And I wouldn't be surprised if they have it by the end of the week where we see both sides come together and have a deal. I don't expect Kamara to get traded. And I think that the Saints would probably, like right now they're looking for a first-round pick. I think they may need even more than a first-round pick to trade Kamara. And when you're looking at when the Saints have traded their big stars, Jimmy Graham and Brandon Cooks, in the last kind of like 10 years, they saw Brandon Cooks. He got a first-round pick for like a Brandon Cooks-type player. That's a really good deal. For a wide receiver, I would say he's a wide receiver one, but a very low wide receiver one. Like, that's something that right now, getting a first-round pick was a really good deal. And throughout the other times that Cooks was traded, it seems like the Saints have gotten kind of that top dollar for him. So that's obviously really big. And in the Jimmy Graham trade, look, Jimmy Graham was a top two tight end, top three tight end in the league when the Saints unloaded him. But the Saints got a first-round pick in return, and then also Max Unger, a franchise center right there. So the Saints got a lot in return there as well. So I think the Saints would have to get a ransom in return for Kamara. And I don't see a team giving up that much for Kamara, especially with, like, you see Leonard Fournette not even getting a contract here after he was cut. And you had Doug Marone say that he wouldn't even get, like, a fifth or sixth round pick for Fournette. So it doesn't seem like there's a big market out there for trading running backs. So I don't think the Saints are going to trade him. And right now, it seems like this morning, they're in a better place. You do see Alvin Kamara is going to practice today. I guess a trade is still on the table, but again, I think it would take a ton of capital in return. I think the Saints would probably need a first-round pick plus a player. And that's what I think right now. I, I think they really value Alvin Kamara. We've heard it for such a long time, how much the Saints value Alvin Kamara, not just as a running back, but as a pass catcher as well. And I just don't see him getting traded. And I'm going to stand on this kind of mountain until... It all falls apart because I am almost 100% confident that the Saints will not trade Alvin Kamara. I think they're starting to build this offense around Alvin Kamara. I wrote an article about it for the Saints News Network where I basically said that the Saints have been investing in offensive linemen that are more athletic, more kind of successful in that zone running scheme, in that screen game where Kamara is so successful. And so I'd be extremely surprised if the Saints traded him or didn't come together on a contract extension here. And right now it seems like, look, 
Four years, fifty million is not a bad deal. Four years, fifty-two million is not a bad deal right now for the Saints, as I said before. So, really, for the value you're getting out of Kamara, especially when Drew Brees' time is ticking here, and let's face it, in the future, the Saints are going to have to lean more on their running game, and you need a star running back to do that. Alvin Kamara is that running back, and we've seen it in 2017 and 2018. Last year, he was hurt, and honestly, if I'm the Saints, would I have loved to see an extra year in 2020 to see if he's really that star that he returns full? Yeah, but at the end of the day... I think he's going to come up here, return to that 2017-2018 form, and he's just such a special player, and he's a guy that I think is different than most of the running backs here in the NFL. He's not a ground-and-pound type guy that could only run the football like an Ezekiel Elliott, like uh, Derrick Henry, Jill Mixon. Like He's not at those guys. He's one of really those few running backs here that can obviously ground the pound, do all that great stuff on the inside between the tackles, outside of the tackles, and also he's a really good receiver like 81 receptions over the last three years obviously that's impressive that you put up 81 every single year but over 80 receptions every year from a running back is almost unheard of and really it's him and Christian McCaffrey that can give you that dual running and receiving right now at like an elite level and Kamara's doing things that a lot of NFL running backs just flat out can't do so look he deserves to get paid and right now, I don't think he should get paid the most in the NFL because he had a down year last year. And it's something that, look, the Saints understand, Kamara understands, and I think that the Saints wouldn't give him that top dollar. I don't think Kamara wants that top dollar, as I said here earlier in the episode. And really, the Saints could get a huge bargain because if he returns to that 2017-2018 level and that top five running back level, the Saints got a huge, huge, huge bargain for this. I mean, Kamara gets paid. He gets a, probably a lot of guaranteed money, which is great for him. It's like a win-win, and he gets that security for four years. And even in four years, he could return to that free agent market, probably with not a ton of tread on his tires because the Saints are still going to keep Latavius Murray and kind of give him some touches as well. And they're going to have Ty Montgomery for this year. So he's still going to have a lot of tread on those tires, and he could go into free agency or get another big contract from the Saints in only four years, and that would be before he even turns 30. So he could be set up for a big contract now, another big contract before he turns 30, and again, that would be really good for him. So right now, I think it's more of a win-win scenario if they get a deal done now, if it's 50 million, if it's 52 million, if it's 51 million, I think that it's really best for all parties here to get a deal done now. And really, I think the last thing that the Saints want to do, I think the last thing that Kamara wants as well, is to be traded. So again, I think they're going to come together on a deal. I'm really almost 100% certain he's going to be playing for the Saints this year, or he at least won't be playing for any other team in the NFL. So that's really my thoughts there. Before we take a quick break, I do want to get into one more piece of news here, as Andrus Pete has returned to the Saints training camp, and that's obviously really good. He should be ready for the season, and that's something I did want to add because we talked about it earlier how he came into great shape, and he looked like he was really ready to go, really motivated, which was really big, especially as he had some few injuries that really kind of had a setback for him in the last few seasons, and then he had another injury, just a freak injury with a thumb, but he's back at practice. He's ready to go, so honestly, it seems like this wasn't a setback for him, or at least wasn't a big setback for him, and he should be suiting up starting at left guard when the Saints take on the Bucks week one at the Superdome, so that's obviously really great news there. So... Before we get into our season preview, our first eight-game season preview, we are going to take a quick break, 
You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion. And now we're going to get into the Saints season preview here in 2020. We're going to do the first half of the schedule here in today's episode. And then our next episode, we're going to do the second half of the episode. And I think we're just going to get right into it. We're going to go game by game and basically go with the Saints lose, win. We're going to get all into it. So starting off week one versus the Bucks in the Superdome, I'm giving the Saints a win here. And I think it's going to be a good statement win here to say that the Saints, they're controlling the South here. And Brady, even the additions with the Bucks of Brady and Gronk, it's not going to be enough. I don't expect the Bucks to come out on hitting on all cylinders here to start off the season with all those new pieces and a shortened offseason, a shortened training camp, no preseason games. I expect the Saints to jump on them early and then be able to win this game, I think, by double digits, probably around 10 points. And I really think the Saints are the superior team in multiple places, and I think it will show in the Superdome week one. Then going to week two, the Saints will be traveling to Los Angeles to play the Raiders. And I think this is another win. I think, again, I think the Saints are really superior to the Raiders. I think they're just a class above, maybe even two classes above. Because when you're looking at the Raiders and what they're going to put out, you're looking at their offense. Derek Carr, I think Breeze is a few steps above Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not bad. But right now, he's definitely not at the level of Breeze. Then you have Josh Jacobs. I'll take Kamara for now. They have Jalen Richard as well. I'll take Latavius Murray. And basically, as you go down their wide receivers, a lot of young receivers, they have Ruggs, who they just drafted this year, Hunter Renfro, who they got last year, Brian Edwards, who they got this year as well. Then they have some veterans with Nelson Aguilar, Keelan Doss. Again, it's just, I would say, very average. This Raiders team is average. I see them winning around seven to eight games. And I don't see them beating the Saints, especially when the Saints have so much star power. Like, there's no, like, stars on this Raiders team. I mean, again, that's just kind of the way it is. They have a lot of solid pieces. They have a lot of starting-level players, but they really don't have any stars. Looking at their defense, just no, like, okay, yeah, he's a star. We really got to watch out for him. Like, when you're looking at their defensive line, no one really stands out to me. They have Clint Farrell, who they got in the first round last year. But, again, he's not someone who really jumped out on the scene. You have Malik Collins, someone that is good at starting level, but I don't think is really going to take that next step. And like Max Crosby, same thing. I think they're all just starting level players. They don't have a player really right now that's like a star in their defense. They really don't have a star on the offense. And to beat the Saints, you need stars. Because who's going to guard Michael Thomas? I don't really know. Who's going to guard Jared Cook? Who's going to guard Emmanuel Sanders? I don't think they have enough here. And they're opening up here in Vegas. There's not going to be any fans. That's going to be a little weird here. But again, it's something that I think the Saints will win. And I expect the Saints to just control the game. And it's going to be one of those games where I feel like the Saints control a lot on the offense, control on the defense. Really, the Saints are just a class above here with the Raiders. Then the Saints travel back home against the Packers. And it seems like the Saints will have fans for this game. Probably not a lot, but it seems like they will have some fans because you saw the city of New Orleans and the state of Louisiana give the Saints guidelines to open. And basically, the Saints are clear to have fans in the Superdome Week 3. Now, I don't know if the Saints feel it's safe to have fans in Week 3. That's going to be yet to be seen. But at least the city and state say it's good. So if the Saints want to have fans, they could have fans. And I I think that people who want to go to the games, I think, will be allowed to. It's not going to be a lot. It's probably going to be like a quarter of the stadium, maybe even less. But they are cleared to open, so that's good there. And I think that with this Packers game, 
I think that the Saints will win. And it's an early statement game, I think, for the NFC. I think the Bucks game's an early statement win for the NFC South, but I think that the Packers, as a favorite to win the NFC North, I think this is a big win. Because I think a lot of people last year were saying, okay, the Packers, they were that two seed, they got the bye, and it seems like they got lucked into it almost. They lucked into a lot of wins, they won a lot of close games, and a lot of people said the Saints, who ended up being the three seed, were better than the Packers, and that the Saints probably should have been in that bye instead of the Packers, and it ended up really with the Packers going to the NFC Championship, and then the Saints losing in the first round because they didn't get that bye. And who knows what would have happened if the Saints ended up getting that week off wildcard weekend. But really, this is kind of a test here for the Saints to say, yeah, we are better than them. And we should have been there. And again, it was just basically bad luck that the Saints weren't. And right now, with the Packers, I don't see them being, look, they're a good team. And I think they'll end up being in the playoffs. But I do think with the Saints, when you go tip for tat, are the better team. Because I think right now, Breeze is better than Rodgers. Now, Rodgers had a down year. Maybe that was because he was just learning Matt LaFleur's offense after being in Mike McCarthy's offense for his whole career. Maybe that was the reason, but as well as Breeze was playing at the end of last season, and I think he'll continue that, especially early on. I think Breeze is better. When you look at Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, very, very good players, but I'll take the duo of Michael Thomas and Alan Kamara over the duo of Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. And then really beyond that, the Packers offense, especially their skill position players, don't really have that much. Because beyond Aaron Jones, you have A.J. Dillon, who's a rookie. They have Jamal Williams, who is a player that's really been a backup for the Packers these last few seasons. And I'm not like 100% scared of A.J. Dillon yet. I think he has a ton of potential, but we'll see if he really takes that next step once he hits the NFL. So that's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. But again, week three, I'm not really scared of what Dillon's going to do to the Saints. And then beyond Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling... I'm not really scared of those guys, and I think beyond Michael Thomas, the Saints have a ton of weapons when you look at Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, and then even Traquan Smith, I would take over Alan Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling right now, and again, I think that the Saints really have superior weapons, and then even the tight ends, the Saints have Jared Cook, and the Packers right now have Jay Sternberger, who's definitely not at the level of Jared Cook, and when you're looking at the offensive linemen right now, you have, for the Saints, we all know they're starting five, but... For the Packers, you have David Bacciari, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsay, Billy Turner, Rick Wagner. Very solid group. I would probably even put them into that top 10. They played really good last year, but I think the Saints have a top 5, top 3 group here at the offensive line. So I'm going to take the Saints offense over the Packers. And then looking at the defense, again, they had a really good defense last year. That was their kind of big kind of upgrade last year. And it's really the reason that they went 13-3. and They had Preston Smith, Ladarius Smith really went off. And I think the one thing that I want to talk about with this Packers defense. Usually that year one, when you get all those free agents, you do very well. And we've seen that multiple times. Look at the Giants back in 2016. They got a lot of names in free agency, and they had a really good season in 2016. Then 2017, they had an awful year, because it's very difficult for those free agents to like build your defense on free agency. Like, build your core by free agency. It's difficult. And I think that's what the Packers did, and I'm not sure they're going to kind of repeat the success. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but I'm not 100% sure there. I think with the Saints, your core is by the draft. These guys have learned together. They've grown up together. And the Saints are adding veteran pieces on top of that, sprinkling on top of that. I think that's the way to go. And I'm going to take the Saints defense and offense, excuse me, there over the Packers. So again, I think the Saints will win that game, especially at home. So that is big. The Lions, I think this is kind of an easy one for the Saints. I think that, look, it's going to be at Lions, but still... 
Lions are not on the same level as the Saints. They do have a good offense. They have Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., Danny Amendola. Then you obviously have Stafford slinging it, and he definitely is a very solid QB. At the running back position, you have Carrion Johnson, DeAndre Swift. Both guys, to me, are pretty solid as well. Bo Scarborough is their third running back. So, like, they do have a lot of weapons there. Their offensive line, I'd say, is average. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But their big issues right now are on the defense. And they've actually added a few guys. They added Trey Flowers, added Jamie Collins. They're starting to build around it. Desmond Trufant as well. The Saints have obviously had a lot of success against him in his time with Atlanta. They also have Jeff Okuda, who they just got this year. Like, I think that they are kind of a sneaky team, but I still think that they're a few years away, maybe a year or two away, especially that defense. And I think that the Saints will still be able to win this game. And again, I, I don't expect the Lions to be kind of the class of that NFC North. So I do think that the Saints end up beating the Lions here at Detroit. Even if they do have fans, don't have fans, I see the Saints winning this one. So that's a 4-0 start here. So that's something that is very good here. And I think that the Saints have a pretty easy first eight games. And then the last eight games get really hard because you're going to see the Saints record here in the first eight games. You're going to be like, Andrew, you're really being a homer right now. Like you're going to have them win a lot of games. But I think that second half is a lot harder for the Saints. So if the Saints really need to get off to a good start. It's integral for them to me if they want that number one seed to start 4-0 here. And I think they have a very good chance at doing that. So I think that's a big, big thing that the Saints have to do. Because you look at that end of the schedule, we'll get into a next episode, but it's really, really difficult. So that's something that I think the Saints definitely have to look at. And look, right now, those first four games have to be wins. And this first five games have to be wins because the fifth game for the Saints is the Chargers. And that's something that I think the Saints have to win. Now, who knows at this point by week five who's going to be starting for the Chargers, if it's going to be Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert, the rookie out of Oregon. But I think that the Saints, again, are classes above the Chargers right now. It's going to be at Saints. It's going to be a primetime game. And I don't think that that the Chargers stand a chance. Excuse me there. I think that right now they're a team that is rebuilding. And I think it shows their offense right now is kind of a shell of what it used to be. And, again, I just don't see them being very, very good this year. And that's just my opinion. I I think they're just rebuilding. They're retooling. And it's going to be interesting to see what their offense does this year as it's really kind of new. You obviously don't have Phillip Rivers anymore. And I think it's more of a retool, maybe not a full rebuild. But it's going to be interesting to see how the Chargers do. Move over to their defense. And back in 2018, that defense was really solid because you saw them have a really good secondary. Obviously, you have Casey Hayward. Now, this year, they have Chris Harris going that uh, second quarter for them, which is very big. Let's see what happens there. Desmond King is another guy that I think was really, really good. I think it still is very, very good. Was definitely really good back in 2018. They did have a down year last year, but I'm still expecting them to be a pretty solid defense. You have Melvin Ingram. You have Joey Boza. You have Linval Joseph, which is a new addition. So you have definitely a pretty solid group. They just added Kenneth Murray as well. We'll see if he's a kind of hit on a prospect because honestly, I could see him being very, very good or not so good. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. The Saints were very high on him when he was picked right before them. And the Chargers actually traded up to get him. So who knows? Maybe the Saints would have picked him if he fell to them. But right now, I still take the Saints. I think they're classes above the Chargers. So look, 5-0, and and I think that's a really good start. Then you play the Panthers week 6 here. Well, first you have a bye, but then you have the Panthers. So it's week 7. I'm sorry there. So in the 6th game, I think that the Saints end up winning this one against the Panthers. Again, it's going to be the return of Teddy Bridgewater to New Orleans, and I do see 
the Saints winning this one. It's going to be interesting because I think it's going to be closer than what a lot of people say because the Panthers play a very similar offense to the Saints. You have Joe Brady, who is with the Saints, so maybe he knows a lot about the Saints. I think Matt Rule is a very good coach. But again, I think the Saints are a class above the Panthers right now. And it's like the Saints are playing chess, the Panthers are playing checkers. So I expect it to be close early, but I think the Saints will pull away in that game and that will be a win there. Then they travel to play the Bears. I think that's also going to be a win. Again, I think that the Saints are just a superior team. Now, the Bears have a lot of star power when looking at it. Obviously, you have Khalil Mack, and that defense is obviously really, really good. And they showed it back in 2018, where they were just really good. And they actually had a really good year. But Mitchell Jabriskie at quarterback, Nick Foles at quarterback, I'm very, very scared for them with that situation because it just doesn't seem like right now they found their quarterback of the future which will be difficult even if you have a very good defense like you look at it and you have Khalil Mack you have Roquan Smith Danny Trenathan and obviously you have Robert Quinn this year now like that's really big you have Eddie Jackson Kyle Fuller like that's really good and Akeem Hicks as well former Saint John Jenkins it's a really good defense their offense just isn't at the same level and again I think that it's it's tough because that defense is really good. Offense isn't at the same level right now. And again, they have Trubitsky right now as their starter, which really scares me. We all know about the struggles that Trubitsky has had. You have David Montgomery as their running back, who seems like he's going to be hurt. So Tariq Cohen is going to take a brunt of that. We'll see if Montgomery's back when the Saints play. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Wide receivers, you have Allen Robinson, who's, to me, a solid wide receiver here. I think with Nick Foles, he could be really good because Nick Foles loves throwing to those big receivers, and Allen Robinson is a big physical receiver. So I think if Foles ends up starting, he could have a really big year. But beyond that, Anthony Miller, who I think is still developing, Ted Ginn, I don't think he was the player he used to be. They also have Cordell Patterson. To me, they're just not there. They also have another Saints old from Jimmy Graham, who, again, I think is a shell of his old self. I don't, I don't see it with this Bears team right now. I think that they're going to lose to the Saints, even though it's at Bears, and I see the Saints gutting this one out. I mean, you're looking at what the Saints did last year to the Bears, who I think are very similar to last year, and the Saints did beat them with Teddy Bridgewater and Latavius Murray, not even Alvin Kamara, in that game. So, again, I see the Saints winning that one. And then Week 8, and the Saints go to play the Buccaneers here, and then they go to Tampa to play them. And I'm going to put this as a loss in the Saints' first loss. So I think they'll end up 7-1. And you're going to say, Andrew, you told me that the Saints were kind of an above class to the Bucs. And the Saints should beat them. And I still think the Bucs are a really good team. And I think they're probably going to be a wild card team this year. And I think they'll be around 10-6. and six. And I think they get this win because, again, playing back-to-back -back road games is going to be difficult for the Saints team. Even though I feel like in the last few years they have been good on those back-to-back -back road games. It is going to be difficult. It's a division game. I think that Bears game, I think the Saints will win it. But look, the Bears play really physical. That may take a lot out of the Saints. And it's something that right now, looking at the schedule, week nine, then they come home to play the 49ers. I think this is kind of a sneak peek. But I think the Saints will win that game, and they'll end up going two out of three. So in that kind of game seven, eight, and nine, I think the Saints will win two out of the three. And the one I have them losing is the Bucks Because I think, look, division game, and the Saints have had trouble with the Bucks in the last few years. So I do see the Bucks winning this one. And at this point, they're going to hit their stride, I think. And the Saints end up losing that one. But 7-1 is really good. And they have a really hard second half of the schedule. But look, you've got to go 7-1 here at the first half. 7-1 or 8-0 or something like that. I think they have a really good chance at going 8-0. And at least 7-1 here. I think 6-2 would also be fine as well. But 
I think seven and one, and that's really what the Saints' first half of the schedule is for me. And right now, I think they do have a much easier first half and second half, so it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. I think it's good that the Saints do play an easier schedule at the beginning of the season because we all know that the Saints have had some troubles kind of getting out of the gate in the past, and these games at least give them some leadway here, hopefully, that they can kind of maybe steal some games or win them if they're not playing their best football. I think they could. A lot of these games I think they can win even if they're not playing their best football. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And I think once they hit that stride later in the season and they play better teams, they're going to be battle-tested at that point. I think that's really good, especially going into the playoffs, which is, look, you play those really good teams late in the season, it gets you ready for those playoff games. So as much as the Saints do have a hard schedule, I like the way how it all panned out there. So really excited about that. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this podcast. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media accounts. So that means Twitter. You can follow the podcast at the Houdat Dis. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Andrew Gulotta. Then also on Instagram, you can follow the podcast at Houdat Discussion as well. And then also you can listen to this podcast wherever you get all your other podcasts. So that means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all that fun stuff. We are on there. Another great episode here. We talked about Alvin Kamara and his contract situation, contract saga, many people are probably going to call it there. Then we also kind of quickly touched upon Andrews Pete, who is back, and I think that's really good news that a lot of people haven't talked about because of this Alvin Kamara news, but that is really good that there have been no setbacks, and he's back ready to practice here 11 days before the Saints kick off against the Bucks. And then also we finished with the first half of our season preview. I have the Saints starting 7-1 here which is obviously really good, and I'd be really excited if the Saints started off 7-1, but I think that their first eight games are definitely more favorable than their last eight games, so it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out, but that's what I think from the first eight games. But that's all I have in store for you guys on this episode, so I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening, run it back, and who dat?